Hello and welcome back to the Apprentice One to One podcast. This is episode two in our week-long series of content aimed at helping people looking to enter the electrical industry. If you missed it, we've already covered the actual process of entering the electrical industry in episode one. And today we're going to have a look at what you need to do to find employment and what that involves when you are working in the electrical industry. So one of the big roadblocks with um, an apprenticeship is actually finding an employer. It's really, really difficult. We have some systemic issues in industry. I think it's fair to say where we rely on a lot of agency labour. Um, I mean, agency labour is fantastic. We do need that for a fluid workforce where projects maybe need a bit of extra manpower. People like to work on those terms as well. So I'm not against agency labour. I just think it's kind of at the extreme end of things now where 90% of a workforce on a big project that may be taking several months or years um, are generally from the agency sector and doesn't bed in well with a successful apprenticeship system running alongside that. Those two things just just don't work. You, you don't get the engagement from the mentors because they're there to earn their, their daily money, which is fine. They're not under an no obligation to train the next generation. They just want to go to work and get paid. And employers aren't really recruiting. They know that they're using agency labour so they don't have to have PAYE staff, be that apprentices or whatever else. So it is quite difficult. However, um, I think we are on a, a changing curve, if you like. The ship is changing direction just slowly. It's a big beast to shift back to times of the past where small employers in particular would generally all have apprentices. Um, there's, there's pressures in terms of cost. It's very cutthroat in business now where everyone seems to be um, cutting to the lowest possible denominator and it's really hard for people um, to go through that, that initial six-month pain, if you like, where it does cost to hire an apprentice. It's a big roadblock in industry to get over that. I mean, once you're through it, the benefits longer term are there for an employer and an apprentice. But for some, that cost burden is just too high a wall to scale um, and it prevents them from being able to hire an apprentice. So that's something we need to look at as industry. We did have some grants from government through COVID and they were really helpful while we were doing apprentice one-to-one activities. It was around £4,000 that an employer could claim and that was really useful for getting over some of those initial cost burdens of recruiting apprentices. But that's largely gone now. It's £1,000 grant if the um, employee is aged 16 to 19. So it's difficult. So those apprenticeship places are out there, but they are limited. So it's really important that you do everything you possibly can um, to put yourself in a good position to get one. So if you're a young person and you're looking for an apprenticeship, the best places to start, as always, is the job boards. So you use the search facilities on those websites. There's lots and lots of them. You can use Google as well. So search in your local area for electrical apprenticeships and see what comes up. Don't forget the basics of looking at that. Um, you can often find some large employers. So there's like Belfort Betty's of this world um, and um, trying to think of some of the other ones now. But there's some big, big employers, Mitty, um, who will take on regular intake of apprenticeships all the time. So they're worth looking at, and they'll often pop up on those traditional job boards. The other thing you can do is to speak to your local training providers. And that's not necessarily just the college you're going to. Lots of them will have link-ups with local employers when they're taking on their regular intakes of apprentices, apprentices each year. And it may be that the college you're going to has already filled that, but they've got spaces for training. But the college down the road may have an oversubscribed employer pool to the number of people coming so it's worth asking that question around a few training providers and 
see what they've got. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. People will generally want to help you. Um, there's some proactive stuff you can do as well. So you can be on social media. You don't necessarily have to have a profile where you're sharing electrical installation work. That comes later on. I would say, so for specifically looking at younger people, you can start following local electrical contractors. So if they're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, get yourself a little profile on there and start to follow them and see their, see their vibe, like their posts, comment and ask questions. That's really interesting. I'm thinking of getting into the electrical industry. If you get five minutes, could you explain a little bit about what that is? It shows a level of interest in employers. Do remember that. So it's worth um, paying a bit of effort at that level just to try and get yourself known um, and then you can ask those questions later on you know I've seen you posting a lot and some of the work you're doing is really interesting uh, I'm really keen to become an electrician I'm actually looking at getting an apprenticeship could you give me some advice and that's just a, uh, a way to ask the question without asking it if you like um, and try and get people engaged in conversation that's usually the best way and also hit the phone up so you can use the the CPS search tools. We'll get into what the CPSs are later on in another episode. But NAPIT and the NIC have a register of contractors nationally, and you can pop your postcode in and it'll bring up all the local ones. You can then get on the phone and ask those same questions. So you can ring them up, say, I'm looking for an apprenticeship, really keen to get started. Do you have anything going? The worst that somebody can say to you is no. Um, so don't be afraid of doing that. Making that effort um, self-responsibility if you like as a young person will really help you stand out you can also have a, a cv made up it's traditional some employers still really really like that it's always worth having and you can take that into your local wholesalers so go around the the local area again you can search on google electrical wholesalers you'll have the big ones your edmondsons your excels your cefs and small independents, and see if they will take in your CV. Explain your circumstances to the people on the counter. Most people are really, really super-duper helpful and will want to be able to you know, give you a bit of a level up if they can. So leave a CV with them. So if you know of any electricians who are taking on um, an apprentice or even an opportunity just for some work experience, I'd be really keen, could you give my CV out to them? All my details are on there. And nine times out of ten, they'll do that for you. So don't be afraid of putting yourself out there and asking those questions. And, and these things apply to retrainees as well. So we're looking at apprenticeships. Obviously, with the college side of things, it's difficult because generally they're working with someone over a four-year period. But the social side of stuff and the CPS list and the trade counters, um, and certainly as an, as an older retrainee, your social profile could be set out in a way demonstrating some of your work. You may have some work experience. You may have done a few bits and pieces at home. Get some photographs of your own on Instagram, on, on LinkedIn, um, Twitter, the, the wider you can spread and ask for help as well. So you can pop a post out on LinkedIn, for example, is a great platform to do this. Um, hi, I'm working towards qualifying in the electrical industry. I've been doing such and such for so long. Here's a picture of some of the work I've done. I've had real trouble trying to find even any work experience. If anybody could help with a like or share, I would really appreciate it because I absolutely love this industry. I'd be you know, really keen to develop my experience working in it and qualify in the right way. And you only really need one person who's got a bit of a following to see that and like it and share it, and all of a sudden these posts can spread. I've seen them really blow up on LinkedIn with loads of opportunities for people to go and get work. And that's the engine behind Apprentice One to One as well. So when I've done the job link-ups traditionally, working with some medium to larger employers, that's the, the engine behind lots of that. So it's a really good platform for, for linking up. And the same with Instagram. 
if you wanted some work experience there's lots of electricians who were engaged over on there who can give you that so just be present really online and don't forget the real world by by getting on the phone now the salary side of stuff is an interesting one when you're working as an electrician there's the minimum wage requirements that we all have to be paid now and for apprentices that is generally a little bit lower during the first year of your training and that's kind of a, a financial benefit if you like to the employer to help limit the pain of that initial hurdle we spoke about is still not really enough in the grand scheme of things because there's other costs around hiring apprentices beyond just the wages um, but it's there so you do need to be aware of that you will be paid less than you may be expecting it's one of those things that you you have to work and go through and at the end of the day you are still being paid to train and learn the employer is giving you that um, opportunity you're not building up university debt you've just got to kind of try and push through it as best you can uh, and take it on the chin we've all all been through that and it's way better than saddling yourself with 50 to 100 grand's worth of debt in my opinion for a, a qualification um so yeah be aware of that when you're in the retrainee position as an older person it's a little bit different but again if you are on an apprenticeship as an older person you still do have that reduced salary for the first year and then it is based on your age so go and check out the government website there'll be a link in the description of this i'm not going to quote the actual um, amounts but national minimum wages is a legal right people have to pay you that if you are employed so be aware of that um the longer term salary prospects you know there's really there's really not a lot of limit to what those could be because you know people can end up doing all kinds of crazy stuff when they've worked through industry um you might end up being a business owner you could end up working abroad um, you may end up working in the local factory as a maintenance electrician and the salary prospects for that very hugely you know from agency labor that might be on two three hundred pound a day to somebody who's in an employed role who could be on i don't know 18 to 24 pound an hour or whatever um and if you go into the world of business ownership you just have to look at some of the people who share their stories online so there's the sam from oval who's got his big business he's built up for himself now doing really well there's there's jordan from artisan um some of the youtubers are out there so nick bundy and such often share their financial data so you can go off and and see what's possible um and then there's some of the really successful business owners i'm aware of so there's mr bridgman who comes on this podcast on occasion and has his own and he's got a successful company he was once an electrician just like all the rest of us and he's now sat earning a very successful company working in the railway sector so it's the opportunities are endless they really are um but the base salary you're sort of looking at between i'd say 40 and 55 thousand pounds a year or so when you're qualified depending on where you work in the country geographically it's very different up in the north the salaries are lower um and while you're going through that curve of training they'll be lower as well so it's not a case of you finish your apprenticeship and you go on to forty-five thousand pound a year that's not how it works you may spend five ten years slowly working up towards that for when you would be considered fully industry qualified if you like with the experience and the scars that you need to be able to work um in your own right competently day to day so it's it is a long journey sometimes um i'd say once you're first out of your time you know you're realistically looking at sort of 25 35,000 a year-ish um and then it just scales up over the course of time that's just the the way it is in most employed roles isn't it it goes like that the more experienced you get the more value you have to your employer and thus the more you need to be paid 
So I think we've just overshot our time there on that little 10 minute segment, but I did just want to set that out, um, how you would find employment, trying to stand out and set yourself apart and some of the salary prospects in the near and long term. We won't go on endlessly about it because it's pretty straightforward and simple at the end of the day. Um, and it all boils down to attitude. I cannot emphasize enough how much attitude counts to an employer. And when you first are setting out into industry, be whatever you do, your qualifications, obviously we spoke about that in the first episode, you do need them as an entry point to industry, but they're here and there at that stage. It's all about attitude. So good, confident, um, attitude and set yourself out in the right way goes a very long way we'll end that one there if you've got any questions as always drop them in below i'll do my best to answer and there is the team of those who help with apprentice one-to-one -one who will be able to give the right answers when i probably give the wrong ones so i'll get those people in involved around all of the discussion if there is any alongside this episode as well let's see what we've got tomorrow on our journey through national apprenticeship week where the theme is skills for life so you've been listening to the Apprentice One-to-One -one podcast and a huge shout out to our supporters and sponsors and they are Team IMD which is Proteus, Tamlex, Centaur, M2 and others in that group, LK Energy Switches and Controls, Modexoft Electrical OM, Klein Tools and Superrod, Test Instrument Solutions aka TIS and the Installer Trades Installer Show group. We massively appreciate that support and thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this week's show.